So welcome everybody, this is Fleet Meat. Um, today we are discussing uh, increasing costs uh, between Europe and US on the fleet market. My name is Hans Damen, I'm managing partner for Fleet360. And I'm Mike Antich, I'm the editor of Automotive Fleet and I'll be giving the North American perspective. Well, to start a discussion, Hans, what is this is a universal phenomenon that's happening in both North America and Europe. Uh, this whole area of escalating costs are really beginning to impact fleet. What's driving it in Europe? What are some of the motive, uh, factors that are increasing costs in the European fleet marketplace? Yeah, Mike, no, there's quite a few drivers here that uh, are indeed increasing uh, fleet costs um, and in some cases quite, uh, quite dramatically. Of course, we all deal with, uh, with inflation at this moment in time, uh, and that's on labor and parts and so on. So you can imagine uh, maintenance costs and so on, they are going up. Uh, but certainly interest rates play a key role here, um, as well as uh, reduced discounts and incentives. You know, With a shortage of product, it's very understandable that manufacturers are reducing their incentive programs uh, because you know, at the moment, demand is higher than, uh, than supply. And as a fourth element, what we see is that where more and more multinationals are changing their typical combustion engine fleets into electric and hybrids with all these new products coming into the market, you know, we see also rather big differences there in the perception of residual values between leasing companies and, and so on. How, how does that work in, in the US? Are you experiencing the same kind of uh, challenges? All of the above. Yeah, I mean, we're experiencing, uh, you know, the start of inflationary pressures on, on budgets. Uh, we're experiencing availability issues in getting replacement vehicles, which in turn cascades and creates a whole new series of costs. You know, incentives are, are reduced because manufacturers no longer have to incentivize buyers in order to buy vehicles because the end user demand is such that it, it exceeds their production um, uh, volume that they'll be producing. In addition to that, we have other factors such as fuel. Fuel is a major issue. Commodity prices. Commodity prices are going up across the board for key um, materials such as aluminum, which is used in a lot of upfit products that are uh, mounted on work trucks. You have your overall maintenance expenses with the um, uh, inability to source replacement vehicles on a timely basis. Many vehicles are being kept in service beyond their normal service life. And that's okay. leading to a whole set of unscheduled maintenance incidents that have not been um, uh, budgeted for in advance. So in addition to that, you have a spare part shortages. So, you know, the turnaround time for maintenance repair is exceeding. And then the overall complexity of vehicles are such that those systems are very reliable. But if something does go wrong, it takes a long while to diagnose what those issues may be. And plus, we have an overall shortage of technicians in the marketplace. So all of those together kind of creates a perfect storm, so to speak. So, you know, one of the key differences between the North American and the European market is the way vehicles are funded. You know, in terms of funding by a lease, the primary lease that's being used in Europe is a closed-in lease, uh, which requires you know, the lessor to assume the residual value risk on the vehicle. How is that affecting pricing in, in Europe? And what is the forecast for the used vehicle marketplace uh, in the foreseeable future? Yeah, interesting indeed, uh, Mike. It's, uh, it's, it is very different between Europe and US in that respect, uh, with uh, closed end being, uh, you know, the most uh, typical and most used product in Europe. 
the risk with maintenance costs and tires, and, uh, but also uh, predominantly uh, depreciation, is with the leasing companies. So that challenge is uh, at this moment in time to forecast residual values on cars they have not seen before, or have not had a track record on. You know, I'm referring now to the new products that are coming out. But also uh, they, they have to forecast what will happen now to residual values and how will this whole bump that we have on the road now on, on the shortage of supply and so on affect residual values in the future. Now, it's a bit of a kind of a, a controversy in the whole debate here because, you know, especially uh, with the current marketplace on residual values, they're going sky high. You know, I can even refer now to a, a, a recent press release from ALD where they said that their profits on, uh, on uh, selling the vehicles is sevenfold to, uh, to last year. Uh, meaning is that, you know, right now they're making huge profits. But what does that mean for, for the future and how are they then uh, absorbing that risk for, for the future? So, yes, the, 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 the benefit and the balance that we are trying to find here is with fleet managers in a closed-end lease, it doesn't matter what the resale, resale value of a vehicle is. And therefore, you know, they're with no, no supply of product, uh, they would like to extend, of course, contracts until the vehicle is there that they ordered to replace the vehicle that they are currently running. But with a leasing company, they say, well, if I sell the vehicle now, I have a very good pro uh, profit. So if I now need to uh, extend the contract, it might very well be that in, in the five or six months that you need extra to replace this vehicle, residual values might have dropped again. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of balance that, that leasing companies and customers here are trying to find in, in the most appropriate, uh, most appropriate way. So in, in North America, uh, we have similar types of situations, uh, different funding methods, of course. But, you know, you always get into trouble trying to predict used vehicle prices. You get into trouble trying to predict future fuel prices. There are just too many variables that are involved that could influence things. But one thing mm -hmm. you can say about the used vehicle marketplace is if you accept the premise that today's new vehicles are the used vehicles of tomorrow, and with the smaller number of vehicle, new vehicles that are being sold presently, it pretty much guarantees that we're going to have a constrained used vehicle inventory in North America, at least, in the two to three year time frame from now. So uh, that bodes well for fleets because, you know, you want to have a uh, supply. Uh, below, you know, user demand. And I think user demand is going to continue to remain strong in the used vehicle marketplace simply because of these escalating costs, because these escalating costs are not only on the fleet side, but it's also on the retail side of the business. And as new vehicle costs increase and dealers are now selling vehicles for MSRP with premiums on top of that, that's not going to go on forever, but it's going to go on long enough where it's going to have an impact down the road. You know, what's happening is more and more people are being priced out of the new vehicle market, these are retail buyers, and are being uh, going back into the used vehicle market. Or if they're new vehicle buyers, they're deferring their purchase in the hope that prices kind of uh, settle down or stabilize in the coming years. So on the whole, in North America, you know, the prediction for the foreseeable future is that used vehicle prices will continue to remain strong. Now, there's a lot of talk about the potentiality of a recession, especially that's one of the ways that you kind of temper and control inflation by, you know, trying to reduce buyer demand. And it's a delicate line as to how much dampening of that buyer demand you can do without causing a mm -hmm. recession. But even if a recession does occur, that bodes well, again, for the used vehicle marketplace, because traditionally, you know, in recessionary times where people might need uh, replacement vehicles 
and their budgets are tight, they're going to gravitate towards the used car side of the business versus the new car side of the business. So on the whole, um, that continues to be the one bright spot in the fleet marketplace uh, in North America, our used vehicle residual values. Great. Thanks. But that was very insightful, uh, Mike. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, for our audience, thanks for watching and sticking with us uh, to the end. Highly appreciate it. This is just the start of a series of uh, videos and episodes that we'll be running uh, in the months to come. So if you want to get notified um, in time that a new, uh, a new episode is being released, just subscribe to the channel. Um, we will have a link uh, on the screen for you to follow through. But more importantly, we would like this to be interactive. So it would be really good if you would have any burning questions you would like to share with us that we can potentially pick up in the conversations we're having and, and help you with our response. Very good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There are a lot of things to talk about. I always say there are more similarities than there are differences between uh, the North American and European marketplace. But there are key things that we can learn from one another. There are best practices out there. And, and many times, you know, the different markets provide clues as to what's coming in the future. So um, that's where I'm very interested in talking with you in the future as to where you see the EV trends going, because without a doubt, Europe is leading in that transition. Um, globally in the move towards uh, electrifying vehicle fleets. So thank you, Hans, for joining me. And uh, thank you, everyone, for watching our presentation. And we'll look for you with our next episode.